Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome and thanks for tuning in once again to your weekly union show, Stick Together, on the Community Radio Network. I'm Diana Beaumont. This week, Coles Supermarkets take on the unions. Coles is trying to squeeze the Meat Industry Employees Union and the Transport Workers Union out of its EBA and instead sign an exclusive deal with the right-wing SDA union that would do away with some long-established working conditions. Coles meat workers began rolling industrial action on the 7th of February and we'll get an update on their campaign later in today's program. But our first story today is about long service leave, the coveted goal of anyone in an industry lucky enough to have it. And before I go any further, let me first share with you a fact that I learned while researching the story. The long service leave right actually dates back as early as the 1860s in Australia as a scheme that allowed civil servants between six and 12 months leave to go home to Britain after they'd done 10 years service in the colony. And that obscure fact is one of the reasons that Australia and New Zealand remain the only countries where the particular category of long service leave exists. Well, building on this unique history, the Greens have been pushing to have workers' right to long service leave extended from the workplace level to the industry level, making long service leave entitlements something that workers can continue to accumulate even if they change jobs. Joining me today to talk about this issue is Tammy Franks, Greens member of the State Upper House in South Australia. Tammy, thanks for joining us on Stick Together. Pleasure to be here. In the past, you've moved motions in the South Australian Parliament calling for the introduction of portable long service leave and your Greens colleagues in other states have done the same. How were these motions received? Uh, In varying degrees. I've got to commend the work of uh, my New South Wales counterpart, David Shoebridge, and of course Adam Bant in uh, Victoria at a federal level. Uh, The Greens have been putting the issue of portable long service leave on the political agenda They've been uh, received with some interest in some quarters, but with a a certain lack of interest at a federal level. But we won't stop the fight and uh, we'll keep raising this issue. It's one that time has come and needs to be debated and implemented. Are unions also campaigning for portable long service leave? Well, I come from a community sector background, so that's uh, highly uh, mobile work, uh, low-paid work, short-term contracts, working at the coalface with the community prior to when I was a politician. And I was actually at uh, one of the first South Australian meetings uh, over 10 years ago where we all started to campaign for long service leave in the community sector. Um, I think there's an interest level from unions, but it's uh, at the moment more of a theoretical interest. And I really think we need to ramp it up and start taking action. Mm-hmm. Can you outline in more detail the argument for portable long service leave? Well, 40% of the Australian uh, workforce is in a job and paying their long service leave uh, uh, into the, the uh, various pools 
but they know that they'll never receive that long service leave, uh, whether it's uh, an amount uh, as a payout or indeed that well-deserved break after, say, 10 years of service. It is a peculiarly Australian thing, like the secret ballot. I think it's something that Australians should be proud of and that we should fight to keep, even if we have a changing workforce. We have the right to have a break uh, from work after 10 years of service, and we should be able to take that entitlement with us no matter what job we're in. And how would the scheme work practically? Would it be something like superannuation, which is already something that you can take with you from job to job? It's exactly a, a very good example for people to conceptually get their heads around this issue. We take super from job to job. Sometimes, of course, people uh, don't take their super from job to job. Mm. And uh, I, I commend the current work in, in reuniting people with their super at the moment. But it's very much that concept. But you have to look no further than the construction industry, which years ago, as an industrially strong union, the CFMEU, um, worked with their employers in that industry. They had uh, a workforce that is very casualised, uh, works from job to job and, of course, wasn't taking that long service leave but really needed uh, a break from that very hard labour very often. And they have really effective schemes right across the country. Now, we can make it more portable than a single industry or we can look at industry by industry basis. I think that if the, the public sector can have long service leave and we can have something that we're proudly... Uh, holding as an Australian tradition of uh, ensuring that workers uh, do get that well-deserved break and have an entitlement that they should be able to take with them and not lose, uh, we can put our heads together at a state and a federal level and make a scheme that works. You make a good point that particularly in industries where the work is very, very arduous and takes a great toll on your physical and mental health, a break every 10 years is incredibly important. Can you tell us more about how the scheme would be funded, for example? It might be difficult for people to get their head around how you would take long service leave entitlements when you've worked for several different employers. Well, it, it, at first it is often uh, difficult for people to get their head around, but uh, while it's going to be a lot more complex than this, what I would say is uh, you pay in uh, each fortnight or week or month uh, into a fund uh, for long service. Your employer makes that provision. That provision could travel with you uh, from employer to employer um, or you could be putting it aside for yourself as well, much the same as superannuation um, works conceptually. So making the leap in this uh, era where we've moved on from a job for life for people, where an employer, you know, you started at the, the, the base level and worked your way up with an employer and it um, was something that you would get after, say, 10 years of service, taking that portable long service with you, no matter what employer you had, is something that is just something of the 21st century. And uh, as I say, an idea whose time has come, we just have to actually put our heads together and um, let's find a system that can work. You're listening to... Sorry about that, oh, that That's all right. <laughs> just reminding the a listeners... A bit of a ramble. <laughs> that we're on that. Stick Together on the Community Radio Network and we're speaking to Tammy Frank, who's Greens member of the Upper House in South Australia. Tammy, a theme that we've explored on the Stick Together program before is the fact that you know, the, the Labor Party is the traditional ally of trade unions in the parliament, but now the Greens actually have the more progressive and forward-looking policy platform when it comes to industrial relations. Can you tell us a bit more about the Greens' other policies to further workers' rights? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm somebody from a housing commission estate, uh, grew up uh, 
in uh, what you would call traditional labour heartland. And I'm very attracted to the Greens. I think if you were creating a party uh, of the last century, it probably would be the Labour Party. But in this century, for me, it's the Greens. IR is part of that package. I certainly have a, a strong commitment to human rights. Uh, we've been fighting in South Australia to uh, put the issue of industrial manslaughter on the agenda, and I know that uh, that's been happening across the board with, with the Greens. It has some support from Labor quarters and, of course, opposition from uh, Liberal Party and LNP parties, but we will continue that fight. I've been uh, working hard on work cover reforms, and one of the things that we've been doing across the country that uh, we've had great success with is the workers' compensation reforms about presumptive cancer recognition for firefighters and I would say that that's a great uh, victory both for Adam Bant as the member for Melbourne putting it on the federal agenda and uh, I've uh, championed that here in South Australia and we now have a scheme that covers both paid and volunteer firefighters and I'm heartened to see uh, progress in Victoria and the Northern Territory. On Stick Together before we've done a specific program focusing on the Greens relationship with unions, is that relationship growing closer over time? I think um, with some unions we have a very close relationship. With others, uh, it uh, is a matter of uh, either a loyalty to the ALP or uh, different uh, views of the world that are are not compatible um, with the the Greens' broader philosophy. But certainly many union members, uh, also Greens members, and the Greens do have an affinity to the union um, in in many uh, parts of the the workplaces that... uh, Uh, we fight for and uh, a fairer system is something that unions have always stood for. Well, Tammy Franks, Greens member from South Australia, thanks for joining us today on Stick Together to tell us about your efforts to achieve portable long service leave and other workers' rights initiatives through the parliament. Thank you very much. You're listening to Stick Together, workers' stories and union news. broadcast around the country every week on the Community Radio Network. And remember, you can find podcasts of past programs at 3CR's website, where Stick Together is produced, 3cr.org.au, or you can get more news about workers' rights and union campaigns at Stick Together's Facebook page. Now on to our next story for today. On the 7th of February, meat workers in Coles supermarkets began rolling industrial action against Coles' attempt to get rid of existing state agreements and sign a national agreement covering all workers in the company's stores around the country. Currently, different unions have coverage over particular categories of workers in Coles, namely the Transport Workers Union for truck drivers and the Australian Meat Industry Employees Union for meat workers in the delis but Coles is proposing to cut out these unions and instead sign an exclusive agreement with the SDA, the Shop Distributive and Allied Employees Association, which is widely criticised as being a right-wing union preferred by managers because of its long history of collaboration. The Australian Meat Industry Employees Union, or the AMIEU, represents butchers, meat wrappers, deli attendants and other meat workers in Coles supermarkets. And joining us today to tell us why meat workers are unhappy with Coles' latest offer, we're joined by the union's Victorian branch secretary and federal vice president, Paul Conway, who's actually out on the road between site visits right now. Paul, thanks for joining us. 
No worries, thank you. Can you tell us what's the crux of the changes that Coles is trying to make to the existing agreements it has with unions like the meat workers and the transport workers union and, of course, the SDA for floor staff? What are the changes in conditions that will come about if this EBA passes? When you have a look at a roster of a Wednesday to Sunday for a butcher, um, under the new proposals, they'd be able to get someone to do, fill that role uh, for $12,000 a year less. And for a meat packer, it's about $8,000 a year less. So you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out that if you're currently doing that weekend roster Wednesday to Sunday, and let's be real, most people work weekends not because they choose to, it's to make ends meet. So they work those weekends to get the penalties. So currently, if they're working those and then they bring someone in that they'll be able to um, employ for $12,000 a year, it's not hard to figure out over the course of the three-year agreement you'll slowly be eroded out of those um, that weekend roster so that you'll be replaced with someone doing it cheaper. So that's been part of our argument. RDOs have been a, a part of our agreement as well. Um, the provisions for that are removed. Um, butchers' picnics removed. And the other part of it too that's quite interesting is that there'll be no um, choice of superannuation fund for any new person coming into coal supermarkets. It'll be REST, which is the SDA's funds. And they've done the same in the Woolworths agreement. So we've already, this is round two in essence for us, where the SDA did this deal with Woolworths some time ago. This time we had a look at it again, um, but opted for uh, the protected action. And just on the final part, I mean, in the six months to December 2014, West Farmers made a profit of $1.38 billion. Um, that's 8.7% growth. And in the supermarkets alone, they made $895 million profit. They paid their CEO, outgoing CEO, Ian McLeod, $55 million over five years. It's $11 million a year. And in the same token, they say they need to you know, be competitive and their idea of competitive is taking away existing penalty rates um, from new people coming into meat rooms. And I mean, even the, even the uh, choice of super fund, I mean, they're taking your future in, in their hands by saying, no, you will only be paying into rest. I just find that obscene. There's a national dimension to this campaign. You're the secretary of the Victorian branch of the Meat Workers Union and Victorian meat workers have started doing protests outside Coles stores and have started you know, small-scale industrial action. Tell us about the national dimension to the campaign because this is an issue that will cover Coles supermarkets all over Australia. We, uh, we went down the road of saying that we would try and bargain for a national meat agreement. So one of the criticisms they said was that they had all these different agreements and they wanted to simplify things by their idea of simplifying things. It's removing penalties and stuff out of them so that they're simple. Um, but what we did was we said, well, all right, we'll sit down and we'll try and bargain a national meat agreement. So you've only got two agreements and you've got your team member agreement that covers everyone else in the store across Australia and you can have a meat agreement that'll cover everyone working in meat, agree- in meat rooms across Australia. Well, they... Um, they, they knocked that back, so we reverted back to our original position of the state-based agreements and subsequently got no further. Currently, um, Tasmania's agreement's expired and they're taking protected action in Tasmania. New South Wales is applying for their protected action um, through the Fair Work. Queensland um, had an attempt at getting theirs up, but it failed, um, so they're going through that process again. Like I said, they were the only ones that were covered um, under the national agreement before. So they're trying to rally some of the troops up there just to say, look, this is the only chance you're ever going to get to have a crack at trying to get anything better than what you've got. 
once you're tied in into the national agreement with the SDA, you will never, ever, ever, as we all know, ever get another day of protected action. Right. I, I put that on the SDA during the meetings. I said, you could bring this to a halt now, because they start off with some 86 claims, and it's over a six-month period, and then they slowly start dropping them off, you know, conceding them to, to Coles, and then you get down to the core ones at the end of it. But it's just farcical to sit there and go through it. In fact, it's um, it's very tedious and boring, and <laughs> it's almost just like a, uh, a scripted show. When When's the last time the SDA took strike action in any workplace? Well, I can't ever remember it ever <laughs> happening. That's why I said when Joe De Bruni's now retired, but... Um, I said to him, Joe, that you make history if you um, you uh, pull a protected action ballot. I don't think he liked it, but... No. Well, what's been the Transport Workers Union's response to Cole's efforts to squeeze them out of the EBA and sign an exclusive one with the SDA, covering the drivers? They're, um, they're as reluctant as what we are. They want to maintain um, separation away from the national agreement. They've... Um, cited a number of safety concerns that they believe are um, inherent to the jobs that they do and said that and say that they've been overlooked in the whole scheme of things and that the SDA have not looked at them and Coles haven't looked at them. So their approach has been to... They've actually drafted and put on the table um, a separate agreement which was rejected in its entirety. Um, so they've gone down the road of applying for a scope order to try and remove themselves out of that when sorry to interrupt when you say scope order do you mean that the transport workers union and the meat workers union are challenging the SDA's ability to even cover workers in these industries because this is essentially a demarcation dispute no that the SDA has not traditionally represented these workers and now Coles is trying to squeeze out the traditional union representatives how is it that the the SDA is able to poach members like this um, the, the two parts to the question, I guess. The first part is that we're not applying for a scope order. We tried that with Woolworths and we were unsuccessful on the technicality. So by the time we went back to redo that, they got the agreement to a point where it was ready to be um, rolled out and voted on. And, and sheer numbers alone are, are always going to be enough to, to crush us in a vote. Unless we can try our hardest to, you know... Um, facilitate a, a vote no campaign but the fact of the matter is a lot of the young people that work and are covered as members by the SDA really you know don't have much fight in them they're only young they're probably some of them it's their first job or part-time jobs I think half of them get signed into the SDA um, through induction and they've not even realized that they've joined the union our, um, our, our view this time around was um, we would just opt to the um, protected action and, and uh, let our members have their day in the sun, which is what they've been saying they want, so that's what we're giving them now. We're speaking to Paul Conway, who is the Victorian Branch Secretary of the Australian Meat Industry Employees Union. Apologies for the background noise, but union officials' jobs being what they are, you always have to be on the road getting between sites and meetings and the like. So listeners, please do bear with us. Paul, you mentioned that in recent years the Meat Workers Union has had similar fights to maintain coverage of the meat workers in the delis at Woolworths. Have you managed to maintain conditions for your members there? or unfortunately did you lose that dispute as well? It's actually, it's actually not delis. It's, they've got their meat rooms. We actually don't cover the delis. Right. Yeah, straight off. But, um, yeah, look, we've still maintained our membership um, even after uh, what took place there and they got their national um, 
team member agreement with the SDA, we've maintained our members. Um, unlike um, the Woolworths agreement, though, we've got a Schedule B, and the Schedule B that exists in that national agreement retains the um, current penalty rates that our workers in Victoria um, in the meat rooms were getting. That retains those penalty rates. Now, of course, it's the same thing. They can get people to come in and undercut them, but to our members, that was the thing that was most important. And in actual fact, what it did was our membership has grown in Woolworths rather than declined because a lot of people have seen, we've we've, um, made it known that the fact is that these two supermarket giants you understand the beast that you're dealing with, so you know what they're like. But the fact is they couldn't have got away with doing what they're doing if the SDA didn't aid and abet them. So, you know, our members um, have promoted that within um, the supermarkets as well, and we've picked up a lot of people that aren't in the meat rooms now. So, you know, my point of view is that if um, Coles and Woolworths want to have these um, national agreements with the SDA... And that means that people can be transferred all over the store. That means people... We had an interesting one come up on our Facebook site where there's a young girl on the checkout. She's a vegetarian. Now, she's put a comment on our Facebook saying, well, you know, I'm sticking... You know, I don't want to go into the the meat rooms as well. Now, under the national agreement, they can move them anywhere. It's all about, you know, being able to move people all across the store, take a butcher out of the... um, meat room and have him doing, you know, checkout hypothetically and the girl on the checkout who's a vegetarian sticking her in the meat room. What is planned for this campaign? Obviously the Meat Workers Union is up against two enormous adversaries, one being Coles, the million billions of dollars supermarket chain, and the other being the SDA, which is an enormous union. What's the campaign plan from here? Um, we continue just to um, hopefully get the rest of the other states on board. Like I said, New South Wales is applying for the um, protected action um, ballot. So hopefully if we can get New South Wales on board and, and uh, Queensland as well, we've got more than just Victoria and Tassie at the moment taking protected action. I hope that that um, creates some pressure upon Coles. We have been um, uh, circulating a petition that we have now got um, hundreds of signatures on. We've got another one on change.org where we've encouraged people to sign. The only other avenue that we've got is that we will continue to encourage our members in the meat room to talk to all people, whether they're union members or SDA members, and encourage them to vote no, because essentially if that agreement gets voted down, it's going to force Coles back to the table. So um, I guess that would be the message I would be sending out to everyone that's in there, you know, at the centre of this is also an issue of workplace democracy. If this EBA gets through, then the huge number of employees who work for Coles will all be wrapped up in the same union, which doesn't have particular conditions given the occupational health and safety condition or the tasks involved in the job. And instead, these workers will be absorbed into an enormous bureaucratic union that is quite out of reach if they ever have an issue. So, you know, central to this campaign is meat workers and transport workers right to remain in a union that's sensitive to their issues. Yeah, look, our existing members will will um, will remain loyal to us. I can't see any of them um, ever opting out of the meat workers to go over to the SDA. But it will, like you said, force a lot of the new people coming in. Um, you know, we we won't be um, asked to be part of any induction. You can bet your bottom dollar, and that that'll be um, an exclusive right offered to the SDA. 
where they will, um, and with Coles managers, continue to say that, you know, we're no longer in existence. And so people inadvertently sign up into the SDA and it'll take our organisers an enormous amount of time travelling from store to store to kind of re-educate people. But like I said, we've had it, we've had it happen to us at Woolworths. That's what happened there. Um, the SDA tried to make um, some mileage by getting people in the meat rooms. They weren't successful um, and we've been able to maintain and, in fact, grow our membership. So I'm hoping that's the case again with Coles, that we, um, you know, we can still maintain the membership we've got there. My concerns are for the future, for the new people coming in, that, you know, it's a distinctly different role that they're going to be stepping into um, with reduced rates of pay. So... You know, you're going to have people working side by side, um, earning considerably less. Um, and our, our motto the whole way through has been it's one one um, one job, one rate of pay. You can't have one job and two rates of pay, you know. Two people doing exactly the same work, but one's getting paid considerably less. Well, if you're willing to keep up the fight, the members will stay with you. And so uh, all the best for the rest of this campaign. We've been speaking to Paul Conway, who is the branch secretary of the Victorian branch of the Australian Meat Industry Employees Association, the AMIEU. Thanks for your time, Paul. No worries. Thank you. And that does it for this edition of Stick Together, recorded at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne and broadcast across the country on the Community Radio Network. Remember to check out 3CR's website for podcasts of previous programs at 3cr.org.au or go to Stick Together's Facebook page for more news about union campaigns and workers' rights. But going out today with a track, Dan Sultan's High Street Riot.